you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Happy November to you. How did we possibly get here already? I feel like I just finished the summer in the Psalm series, and now here we are saying out loud that we're officially heading into the holiday season full on. According to the Hallmark Channel, we were already there even before Halloween, so there's that. Jenny Allen and I just finished up the Freedom Project tour this past week. I loved so much getting to come around those women together, city after city with Jenny, and sort of just get to cheer on what God is already doing. And so many women in these places, we saw homes being used as spiritual hubs for prayer gatherings and brunches. We saw women coming together, each literally just using their own giftings to begin to kind of pull off these gatherings for women in their cities month after month. We listened. We heard about even places of struggle. We put our arms around them. We heard about hope in places where churches are merging and women whose hearts have become knitted together by prayer and running the race alongside each other. I think about the fact that we were just in Charlotte this past week and met a group of incredible women who are infiltrating the city there with hope and with the love of Jesus. And then to hear of a school shooting only a few days after we left in Matthews, I was so devastated to hear of it. And at the same time, I thought about those women we just met in that area, and I was imagining them already uniting over it all, knowing that that city is being covered in prayer by these amazing women that we just met. I got to meet several patrons of the podcast as well this past week, and it's always such a joy to come face-to-face with the people who are helping us make this work happen week after week. If you'd like to join us in becoming a patron of the podcast, it's just $6 a month, actually. What it gets you is first access to the podcast, also first access for ticketing for touring, especially VIP opportunities. In fact, our patrons build up a special brunch opportunity that we're having here in Franklin on December 5th before our Christmas show downtown at the Little Theater, and we thought we'd open it up to the public after we offered it to the patrons, but come to find out, the patrons sold it out in 24 hours. (laughs) You'll also receive what's called Prayers and Ponderings, which is a written sort of study guide for each episode if you want to take the concepts of each episode a little farther and have something you can ponder on between episodes that's available to you as well. If you'd like to join us in making this work happen, we would love it. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash Christy Knuckles. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Christy Knuckles. Well, as you know, my family and I are gearing up to hit the road just after Thanksgiving for the Night of Hope Tour of Family Christmas. The first four nights, we will be partnering with the lovely Ann Boskamp, which I'm so excited about, and we'll be artfully coming around her book, The Greatest Gift, and also her other book, Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, which is a book that celebrates the timeless Advent tradition of the Jesse tree so that families can celebrate it together. We think this is going to be such a beautiful marriage with my Christmas album, The Thrill of Hope. As you might remember, that album is based around the three parts of Advent to identify with the ancient longing of the coming Messiah in the flesh in Bethlehem, but also this posture of staying awake to His presence or His arrival daily in our hearts. And then, of course, His coming and glory at the end of time. The older I get, I don't know about you, but more and more I find myself longing for His coming and glory at the end of time. I may have told you this before, but when I was younger, I used to not understand my dad's zeal for wanting Jesus to come back. Well, I understand it more now that I'm getting older, and I realize more and more for myself that nothing in this world truly satisfies. I used to think, you know, I want to get married and have babies, and those things are absolutely wonderful, but they all simply point to what's eternal anyway. Marriage is the earthly picture of the bride and the bridegroom, Christ and His church. And children are a blessing from the Lord. But what's the main thing you want threaded through their hearts? A sense of eternity, not the stuff of earth. 
I have this little meme that I keep on my phone and I crack my friends up with it. It's called the DIY rapture machine. (laughs) You might have seen it before. It's a picture of Jesus kind of up in the heavenlies waiting and this guy is trying to rapture himself with this machine he built to sort of catapult himself into heaven towards Jesus. (laughs) And I send that as comic relief sometimes when I'm frustrated about something, usually like first world problems that kind of just make us have to giggle. But then there's really those days when I see true suffering, especially with friends who have sick children. I mean, like brain tumor suffering, and I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around it all. And I find what comes to my heart and my mouth a lot is, come Lord Jesus. That's actually the central cry of Advent from all three perspectives. It's Maranatha, which means, come Lord Jesus. So this family Christmas, we want this to be a night for you to be able to bring your friends and family together with you to truly pause and artfully celebrate the season of Advent together, to remember together this time of year the hope that Jesus is and the hope that He has birthed in us that we get to offer the world. We'd love for you to come. So prepare to join us. Tickets are available right now on my website, christinockles.com. We'll sing some Christmas songs together, old and new, as cheesy as that sounds. But you'll also have time to just sit and receive and hear some beautiful music. We have some amazing musicians out. And we hope that will be such a gift to you in the midst of a very busy season. So we hope to see you guys out there. One of the voices that you're going to hear on this tour is my dear friend, Molly Moody. She's also today's guest. And before you think that her being a guest today is just about her being on the Christmas tour with us, I'll just say, you know me better than that by now. It's also not just because she has a new album out called Heart Songs. I will say the timing is great because it does help you know a little bit more about Molly if you're going to join us for the Christmas tour. And I do, of course, want you to know all about her beautiful new album. My husband, Nathan, produced it out here at Keeper's Branch, and I got to write on two of the songs with Molly, so that was a real gift to me. These songs are so beautiful and meaningful, but the real reason she's on today is because Jesus is in the business of restoring people. He's transforming lives. He's the great builder who comes in, maybe when we least expect it, and does a work that we didn't see coming. And maybe we weren't even quite ready for it. But I have learned through my own heart renovations is to trust His process. I think when I see it in someone else's life, It gives me hope, and I hope that's what happens today. It gives me hope all over again that He's still working on me, and that He's not finished with me yet, and that I can trust His gentle hand, even when He's knocking out walls. (laughs) But that's my prayer today as you hear Molly and I chat. My prayer is that right where you are, that the Spirit of God will make you aware of how He's working in your life today. Did you know He's always working, even when you don't think He is? even when he seems silent. Remember I shared one time that my friend Shannon Scott reminded me that God is never silent. Even when we think he is, he's always moving, always speaking. His word is proof of it. And we can actually ask him each day, God, reveal to me where you're working in my life. That's part of that daily prayer that I pray from the Ransomed Heart app that I always tell you about. Reveal to me where you are working, God, and grant me the grace of your healing and deliverance and a deep and true repentance. Like the cry of Advent, we can be actually daily expectant of His presence like that and His activity in our heart, where He's working. Remember that the kingdom of God is just that. It's the reigning activity of Christ in our hearts. It's the glorious in the mundane, really, at its finest. You there folding your laundry or out for your daily walk or run, you're doing kingdom work as you're making room for Christ in your heart today for a work that needs to be done. Also that you can represent Christ to the world today, everywhere you go, or everyone you come in contact with, even if it's the future of the church, you're rocking right there in that rocking chair. You are experiencing kingdom today. I believe it's the heart of Jesus that 
we would be able to see that the kingdom is here now, today, and it's accessible to us. It's approachable and applicable to anything we put our hands and hearts to today. But anyway, as you can well imagine, you don't put out an album called Heart Songs for no reason. (laughs) You know from me sharing the creative and spiritual process of birthing things and things coming into fruition into our lives that heart songs come from themes threaded through even from the time when we were all little kids and we're having to figure out the world around us and who we are all at the same time, birthing something comes from little inklings and stirrings and learning to pay attention to those things and also learning to walk through what it looks like for Jesus to help us conquer some of our greatest fears. It looks like us learning to confess sin places where we put our trust in things besides Jesus, areas where we get in a habit of maybe numbing our pain. But as you know, when you become numb to pain, you in turn become numb to things like joy. You numb out the good stuff too. Jesus' finished work on the cross purchased freedom and joy for us. But the enemy of our souls, his main goal— If he can't outright steal our freedom and joy, he will at least cause us to become numb or not fully alive to it. Maybe you're weary today from trying and you feel like you end up right where you started a lot of time or you just feel like you're running defense all day and never even getting a shot at victory. Well, let's be reminded of truth today that Jesus is the living home of the soul, as Andrew Murray says in his book, Abiding in Christ. I've probably read this before and maybe even more than once, but he writes, Abiding in Christ is not a work that we have to do as the condition for enjoying His salvation, but rather a consenting to let Him do all for us, in us, and through us. It is a work He does for us as the fruit and the power of His redeeming love, Our part is to simply yield, to trust, and to wait for what He has promised to perform. It is this quiet expectation and confidence, resting on the Word of Christ, that in Him there is an abiding place prepared, which is so sadly lacking among Christians. For when He says, Abide in me, He offers Himself, the keeper of Israel, that neither sleeps nor slumbers, with all His power and love as the living home of the soul, where the mighty influences of His grace will be stronger to keep than all the disciples' tendencies to be led astray. The idea so many Christians have of grace is this, that their conversion and pardon are God's work, but now, in gratitude to God, it is their work to live as Christians and follow Jesus. There's always the thought of a work that has to be done, and even though they pray for help, still the work is theirs. They fail continually and become hopeless, and their despondency only increases their feelings of helplessness. No, wondering one, as it was Jesus who drew you when He said, Come, so it is Jesus who keeps you when He says, Abide. The grace to come and the grace to abide are both from Him alone. Isn't that so beautiful? I actually wrote a song around that little excerpt of that book, and it says, The same grace that saved me is the same grace that keeps me. So when we do this heart work that we talk about all the time, and like we got to hear from Michelle the last episode, we're actually getting to run offense. But I think the enemy so wants us to think we're just running defense all day long. But the reality is when we turn from our own way, the things we put our trust in, our numbing techniques and devices, and we turn our hearts towards the home of our soul, who is Jesus, it gets us operating from the already of our story, as my brother Eric once said to me. We're positioning ourselves from victory the victory that's already ours. So repentance and turning our hearts towards home, towards Jesus, is us running the right direction, towards the right end zone, already holding this ball of freedom in our arms. Now, it's not an easy run. Sometimes it feels like a straight sprint and it's all good, but other times 
it feels like it's us against the world with some big enemies coming straight towards us. Well, I love how Acts 3 talks about the benefits of repentance, of turning our hearts towards home. And can we just say that we don't talk about repentance enough? (laughs) I actually love that Peter is the one sharing on repentance in this passage, the disciple who actually denied Jesus, not once, but three times during the time of Jesus' arrest. And here he is now preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which would get them arrested in those days. Why the transformation? It's because Jesus is in the business of restoring people's lives. (laughs) After his resurrection, Jesus came after Peter, didn't he? Just like he's coming after your heart today, and he's coming after mine. Talk about a builder. Jesus pursued Peter and said, not only are you forgiven, Peter, I'm not going to stop with a little cookie cutter home in you. I'm actually going to build my church on you. In Acts 3, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there's a lame man there at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate. And here this lame man would sit asking for alms or for money for those that were entering the temple. And it says that Peter, directing his gaze at him, as did John, and of course, all I can think of is as did Jesus to Peter and John and all the other disciples as Jesus walked the earth with them. And here they were representing Jesus the restorer to those around them. They are mimicking their master here so beautifully as you are today. But I love that it says, Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. Isn't that beautiful Christ's confidence? Look at us, it says, the man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. It says the people all recognized him as the one who used to beg by the beautiful gate, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. It says the man clung to Peter and John, and all the people were utterly astonished, all of them gathering around in anticipation. And Peter addressed it with them by saying, Why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by our own power we have made him walk? He says, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. This is Peter living from the already of his story with his heart turned towards home. He knows himself that he denied Christ three times. And now here he stands forgiven and running offense for the kingdom of God, representing Christ and even healing people in his name. This is the power of the God of restoration through Jesus. Peter goes on to say, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. My ESV says, Peter promised three results here of repentance. The forgiveness of sins. He promised times of refreshing, which is the mark of the messianic age as people are refreshed in their spirits when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within them. This refreshing comes also to the world in general as it is affected by believers who are changed by the power of the Spirit. 
that's us representing Christ that we talk about a lot. And then it says the third promise is that He may send the Christ. This is a clear reference to the second coming of Christ, since the next verse looks forward to that time, the time for restoring all the things, looks forward to when Christ will return and His kingdom will be established on earth. I read that and I immediately thought of those three postures or perspectives of Advent that I mentioned earlier. A heart toward home is a heart that longs for their master, for the Messiah, who is our forgiveness of sin. It's a heart that longs for His presence this very day, which is that promised times of refreshing that Peter was reminding us of. This is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God with us now, refreshing our soul as we run our race. And a heart toward home has a face lifted in expectation to our coming King, saying, Nothing on earth satisfies like you. Come, Lord Jesus. This reminds me of Ecclesiastes 3.11. This is the amplified version that says, He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, or grasp what God has done, His overall plan, from the beginning to the end. So I purposefully kept my intro a little bit reined in on this episode because I wanted to have time to be able to play a song from Molly's album at the end of the interview that I actually helped her write called Turning Around which, by the way, me writing on it was just me probably changing one or two words in the bridge. She had this song mostly completed. In fact, I got to hear all 19 songs that she wrote for her 10-song project. I remember getting the email that day that said, 19 songs and counting. (laughs) I will tell you this, her community really did rise up around her, some of us unbeknownst to each other. But it was us saying to her, it's time. We see that it's time and need you to rise up in this. I remember this song called Turning Around. It caught my ear and my heart. And I waved the banner and carried the flag that it should win one of the spots on the album. And that was before I helped her with the bridge, by the way. But I love the lyric. On the chorus, it says, After years of missing out on the freedom that you bought for me, your kindness leads me here. And now I'm turning around and I'm okay walking away from what I used to run to. It's a new day and not the same, but better than it ever was before because I'm turning around. I hope hearing Molly's song and her journey today will encourage your heart around and it's time for you in your own life. If you don't have those people around you who are saying it's time, I pray that Even just hearing Molly's story of choosing to turn towards home, towards Jesus, of overcoming some pretty big lies and fears that you're going to hear about, I pray that it will set your own heart towards home today to remember the already of your story and that times of refreshing of the Spirit of God can be a part of your daily life as you walk with Jesus. My hope and prayer for you today is that you've been deeply encouraged and that it sets the stage for your own heart songs to come into fruition. Enjoy this interview with Molly Moody and her beautiful song, Turning Around. I'll talk to you soon. Y'all, I am so excited right now (laughs) to be sitting here with my B-Fry, my best friend, Molly Moody. Um, This has been a long time coming, don't you think? Yeah. You would like doing a podcast with me? Yes. Yes. Introducing you to um, my, this little, this bigger group of friends that I have here for this podcast. But I've been wanting to have you on for a long time because I think there's just been a lot of different things that we could probably share about um, mentorship. Because I've gotten to like, I don't know, I wouldn't like walk around just being like, I'm your mentor. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. But I have gotten to like speak into your life since you were, were you 19? I think I was 21. Were you 21? I might have been freshly 21-ish. So you were like almost finished in school, right? Yeah, I was in my junior year. Your junior at Belmont in Mm -hmm. Nashville. Mm -hmm. And the way we met was actually the nanny that 
um, we had at the time, her name was Jill, her niece was born and there were some complications with that birth. And so Jill was like, I've got to run to Florida for the weekend. She's like, but I have this girl. Her name's yeah. Molly Moody. <laughs> and she's like, I think that you guys are supposed to meet anyway. And I didn't know that. Yeah. She was like, I'm telling you, you need to meet this girl. Uh-huh. And so the rest is history that you kind of just became a permanent fixture yeah. <laughs> yes. in our family. Um, and that was really a time in my life where I was really... I was kind of, I call it my farm table epiphany that I talk about a lot. Um, My young 30s where I was, you know, God was teaching me to sort of hit the bullseye I talk about a lot. And I was kind of recovering from being an outer ring person who was sort of trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. And you really came along in a sweet time in my life where the Lord was calling me to be home, you know. And I was still writing, I was still doing things like we were leading at church and things like that, but you kind of came along and started nannying with us, but also just kind of, it was fun. I I realized I needed to be inviting people into my home strategically. And I think, I think in those early years, you were kind of in it for our snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is kind of true. I made those drink those hot drinks every time I stayed the night. The Jiffy uh, pancakes. Yes, the cornbread. Yes, pancakes. we ate those. I think I went to your house like a bunch of Fridays. Do you remember that? Yeah. You'd be like, "Come on Friday night," and yeah, we would just sit in that front room. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. We'd just talk because that's when we did we were getting to know each other. I remember and. Oh. Yeah. You were like Christy, your pantry. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. You had so much food. I was like, I will babysit for you anytime. <laughs> Poor college student. I'm actually probably still like that all these years later. Aww. You have a very good pantry. Thanks. Well, <laughs> I remember having some talks in the that front room, and I remember just getting glimpses of what God was stirring in you, which we know then was just you had to walk through so much life, which we'll get into, but like, your heart, I remember like just sitting here thinking, this college girl is on my couch. And I remember tears streaming down your face and you saying, I don't know how else to explain it. I just love people and I want to help people. Yeah. And if my music can do that in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. And I'm just sitting there going, what college girl is sitting on somebody's couch right now bawling about <laughs> loving people and wanting to help them? And you really do have... Your whole, even though you are in ministry, you are leading worship, you're songwriting, you've just released this album called Heart Songs that I'm so excited about, <laughs> and we basically you. pushed you off the ledge and made you <laughs> totally. make this record. <laughs> truly, truly. But maybe do you remember some of those like stirrings in college, kind of what you're walking in now, how did it kind of start out? Like, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I, th- I, I think... When I left home when I was 18 to go start, I was like, I'll go to college for music. I didn't really know exactly how, like, what to do next. Um, I remember then I I knew that I had a vision for my life to use music to help people, but I just had no clue how to do that. Mm. Because, like, I looked at your life, and I was like, I kind of want what you have, but I was like, I... It was like there were so many things in between me and that. And now, you know, all these years later, I can see all that God wanted to do inside me before He wanted me to kind of have a message to give people. You know, but I think back then it was just a lot of desire and longing with uh, just really no clue how to get there. Right. So it was really frustrating, and I got Mm -hmm. defeated a lot, and that's probably why I cried a lot on your couch is because I was like, what do I do? Like, I didn't know how to... Now, you know, looking back, I didn't know how to enjoy where I was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I was so caught up on the fact that I needed to be doing something to get where I felt like I was kind of supposed to go, but I didn't, it just was so unclear, you know? But but at the same time, I was just kind of doing one thing at a time and enjoying Mm -hmm. life at that that point, you know, friends Mm -hmm. and so. What was the point that you that God sort of took you back, you know, like tell us a little bit about your story and just 
Um, you're an Arkansas girl. Yes. And I know that, like, mm-hmm. as we've talked about a ton on this podcast, like, God can do so much with a heart that becomes fully surrendered to Him. And we mm-hmm. both know now that that was sort of a lot what was standing between. Yeah. Um, you know, you having those longings and desires yeah. for God to use you. But there was heart work that mm-hmm. we all have to mm-hmm. do. And so that's what I got to be a witness to. Yeah. And that's what I talk about a lot because I call it the best singing lessons ever. Yeah. Um, when I watch musicians and artists and worship leaders, um, now people who don't sing, it could be the same metaphor, but it's like the best singing lessons ever. I mean that I watched literally your voice. It actually changed your voice later on, mm-hmm. like even physically. Like mm-hmm. I, I watched you lead a room full of people and it was like heaven lowered in the room mm-hmm. and but but I was like oh this is because she went back and mm-hmm. she started dealing with some lies from mm-hmm. from when you know we all have those we have to deal with this heart work so talk mm-hmm. about what that was like yeah um, yeah it's like my true voice was muffled for most of my life so about seven years ago I had my heart totally broken, um, and you remember that. Yes. Yeah, I came to church on a Sunday morning, yes. just like devastated, and it's it's kind of the first time that I had felt that much heartbreak, and so in that moment, I remember thinking, God, I need you to heal me, but instead, He responded by, and I didn't know this at the time, but He's like, I want to heal you from much more than just this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I want to heal you from stuff that you've carried your whole life, mm-hmm. and so... I went on this retreat just a couple months later, and my jaw was on the floor the whole time um, because the retreat was all about femininity and, like, walking in your beauty as a woman. And I realized, like, oh, my gosh, this—I have never done this. And and basically, um, a big part of my story, perhaps the most significant thing that has been defining Mm -hmm. for me um, is that— just for my younger years, there's there's a few different things that contributed to me believing this, a bunch of lies, but mostly that I'm worthless as a woman, um, that I'm not beautiful, you know, I don't have femininity, and um, no man that I want's ever going to want me back. And so you can imagine, I don't, what do they say, like if you give the enemy an inch, he'll take a mile or yeah. whatever. So you can just imagine all sorts of lies that stuck on me um for years and years so I had tons of shame and I'm like am I like is something wrong with me like is Mm. you know I I I just I really dealt with a lot of stuff and I didn't really talk to anybody about it because I kind of pushed it down enough to where I thought well I guess everybody has stuff that they just you know they just don't really deal with and um but when I went on that retreat that I mentioned earlier, I think for the first time I had my eyes opened to this idea that perhaps there was more freedom available. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, maybe God really can heal me. Even though, like, this isn't running my life, it kind of is deep down, you know, yeah. like this fear that I am messed up and just I'll never be whole, you know. And again, at that time, I did not know how to put words on any of that. It was more just like shame, 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 mm-hmm. oppression, oppression, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to um, meet with this um, this lady, um, and we would do healing prayer together for over a span of years. And, and you saw this all go down, Christy. You, <laughs> I mean, I can I'll tell these people, but you were my like person that like. I felt safe with, you know, mm. like, and, um, sorry, I'm crying now, <laughs> but I remember that evening that I picked you up from the airport and we were sitting in the parking lot or the tennis courts or where you lived. And I just remember, I just felt comfortable. Like I was like, I don't feel like you're going to judge me. I feel mm. like you know me well enough to understand like my heart, but I, I, I just felt safe to talk to you about yeah. this like stuff that you know, it just embarrassed me that I would even struggle with that and right. feel insecure about my femininity and all that. Um, so, thank you. Mm. <laughs> um, but anyways, I started meeting with this lady and we were doing prayer and I was just finding so much. I remember the early months of, of like turning with this whole 
like shame stuff I remember I felt so much relief because I was like oh this isn't just all me like this my there's a story that is a part of you know that I don't want to say made me have to deal with this stuff but there was just different factors in my life and there's an enemy and I remember learning that a lot of times where you are most attacked is where you, God is most glorified in you yeah. and so to think oh my gosh are you telling me that that I'm like I am beautiful and I am feminine and yes. you know because it's like the opposite of how I saw myself and yeah. even to this day I mean I I have to choose every day to go to Jesus on how do you see me as a woman like show me how much you love me like because I, I can still feel my tendency to kind of sometimes want to gravitate towards how I used to saw how I used to see myself which is just a very twisted and distorted view of who I truly am yeah you know absolutely and it's so important that you did share that with me you know mm -hmm. and I think because you could have a community of people and that's probably you know a small group of people at first yeah. but like I could immediately say back to you like that's a strength, not a weakness that the enemy's coming after. It was like mm -hmm. he was coming after what we saw as a strength in you, like mm -hmm. your beauty and your femininity. Um, like even to the point where I'm like, you're dainty. And it mm -hmm. was just like, I remember you being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like you see me like that? Yeah. And it's like everyone that I know that knows you, it's like we see you as like feminine and dainty and like beautiful and mm -hmm. soft. And like, mm -hmm. and it's just, that's how crazy the enemy can come in with these lies and build them on different lies that we've had all of our lives and so mm. it's been one of my favorite things ever in my life honestly to watch this story happen with you mm. and to see you like give God your heart and I know that you know singleness has been even just a part of that too that's yeah. you know like you said every day you're having to go to Jesus with like, how do you see me? And, you know, I want to be assured of how you love me and um, mm. talk a little bit about that. I know we have a lot of single girls that listen, um, single women, I should say. Um, and mm. I know that that's, I try to be mindful of that because I actually have a lot of single friends and even yeah. this is so, you're going to think this is so cute, but even Annie, you know, our 11 year old, you know, she's around you. She's been around you um, I mean, I remember telling you when I was pregnant yes. with Annie, um, you about like just body slam me or something. Yes, I want, I want to say real quick, we went to the movie, we were on, you, we were in Atlanta, this is before either of us lived here, yeah. and we went to the movies, and we sat down, who knows what movie we were seeing, I have no I memory know. of that, we sat down and you were like, I'm going to get some snacks, and I was like, yes, again, snacks, <laughs> we love snacks, and so I was like, in my head, for sure, she'll come back with, like, maybe a drink and, like, one thing of candy. Maybe a popcorn. <laughs> this girl came back with a, like, a, not just, like, a small tray, like, their deluxe tray plate platter at the movies. There was nachos. I, I kind of think there was a hot dog. I do probably, think there was a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> there was candy, popcorn. That's and I remember thinking, interesting, okay. <laughs> and then we left the movies. I was like, wow, she really got a lot of food. And then we left, and then we went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I remember you got a salad and nuggets. It's funny that I remember this. You got a salad and nuggets, I want to say. And I was like, why? I think you were like, I just want to get some veggies. And I was like, why in the world do you want veggies from Chick-fil-A? Like, <laughs> and then we were, and then we were back, like, in the in back the part. Room. And you, I was like, wait, are you pregnant? And you looked at me, and you smiled, and you said no. <laughs> I did. I tried to, yes. like, no. <laughs> she said no, smiling. And I was like, you are. And then I, <laughs> then I jumped, and I basically jumped on you in the bed. And I was like, I was so excited. I know. Yeah, Molly was the one that brought Noah and Ellie to the hospital to um, meet their baby sister, Annie Rose. But <laughs> so was, you've been a part of our family for a long time. But um, mm -hmm. I was going to say that Annie, she's 11 now, and her and her cousin, um, Lily Claire, they FaceTime a lot and text, you know. And mm -hmm. one day in the car, she just said, Hey, Mom, Lily, Claire, and I just decided that if we're still single when we're in our 30s, we're just going to get a house together, and we're super excited about it. <laughs> and I just thought that was so sweet because they have so many single – I have so many single friends 
that are in their lives that they love so much. Mm -hmm. And I love that, like, they benefit so much from y'all pouring into Mm -hmm. them in a way that you you wouldn't if you had your own babies. It's true. It's just true. true. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, but I love that they see, like, life in in you because you are, you're, you're, walking in the fullness of who God's made you to be mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. season. And yeah. I just love that Annie Rose said that, like, it wasn't a sad thing to her. Like, yeah, if we're still single, we're going to get an apartment together, and That's we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> I love and that. I loved it. I yeah. thought it was really sweet. And I thought, okay, they have some healthy single women in their lives. So yeah. I'd love for people yeah. to kind of hear just, like, how you've walked yeah. through that. I mean, you know, I go back and forth. Yeah. Sometimes... Sometimes it's it's really great, and sometimes it's so hard, mm-hmm. like really hard, it you know, is. and I just feel so disappointed, and I go to so many lies, you know, like, well, there must be something wrong with me. Do I need to be doing something different? Clearly, like, if I'm not getting asked out, then that must mean that I'm blah, 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 you know? Um, so it's like choosing to not just push that stuff aside, but choosing to take moments to pause and like really deal with that stuff you know and like address those lies and be like no I don't want to partner with this like I want to believe what is true and I want to enjoy right where God has me Mm -hmm. and and so that's like a that's like an everyday learned thing you know how to take note of what I'm believing about myself about my future about what's possible you know Um, but one thing I, I will share is like recently I, I noticed this and I, God really for like a month or two has really spoke to me a lot about this specific thing about being single. But I think a lot of times when I meet a guy that I'm interested in, um, if I feel like he didn't come after me, like I kind of wanted him to, and maybe like I kind of hoped he would, I will kind of immediately go to like I'm rejected like and I'll even label myself rejected like Mm -hmm. and like I said I'll keep on going to that nobody's gonna want you stuff and but recently Jesus he just I don't know he really spoke to me in that and I really it's like I had a moment where I was like wait I'm not rejected like and it was I felt like he was leading me to rename it like there's still hope you know like instead of those moments of rejection it's like renaming them hope So it allows me to, like, carry myself in a way, instead of, like, like I said, rejection, uh, you know, self-rejection, all that is a big part of my story, so I just have a tendency to go there. So it's like saying, no, like, I'm going to stand up tall, I'm going to put my shoulders back, and and I'm going to smile and, like, carry myself in a way that I know that I'm worthy of being pursued and... uh, yeah, like being wanted by an amazing man and hoping that that will come, whether yeah. I know exactly when it will or not, you know? Yeah. And that's, and it's more than just like a, it's a, it's both a choice to walk like that. And also it's like really inviting Jesus into, like I said, all those, all my thoughts basically, you yeah. know, because I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I do have days. Like I remember maybe a year ago to you, Mm -hmm. I was like, I I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. Mm. Like I don't, I am just so lonely, you know? Um, So it, it it comes in seasons, but that's how I try to carry myself is staying hopeful despite what I see. It's all about the fact that I can't see what's around the corner and just choosing to believe it there's something good coming in that area, you know? Yeah. So you know, everyone listening, um, Lauren Tomlin is, you know, we've had her on this podcast and I know that that episode, uh, was amazing for a lot of you. And Lauren is, um, friends with Molly and yes. has been a huge part yeah. of healing prayer that, that Molly talked about. Yeah. And, um, so maybe just, I know I want to have Lauren back on at some mm-hmm. point to talk about that, but maybe just talk about when you're driving along, maybe, you know, I know it happens a lot when we're just by ourselves mm-hmm. and those lies come. Like, mm-hmm. talk people through just really quick, like how you do pray through that. Just yeah. even if you're in your car and it's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, like, um, I'm trying to think there's a recent example. I, I think the best one really is about that guy <laughs> and I felt rejected. Yeah. So, driving in my car away from that and, like, 
feeling so it's like first of all just taking note of how I'm feeling I'm like I'm so anxious you know I, I'm afraid and just bummed and so it's like okay where is this really coming from and and then you know inviting Jesus into that like Jesus show me what I'm believing right now actually maybe about myself or about you God or my yeah. future and it's like for me in that moment it was like oh I believe that I'm rejected yeah. you know and so then it's saying okay well I know that's not true in my mind but I want to like actually believe that in my heart and so it's going okay God basically at first asking forgiveness you know I'm I'm sorry that I believe that and because that's not true yeah. that I'm that's not true that I'm rejected I'm called by you chosen by you um, loved by you God and so then it's just actually choosing to say, like, I renounce this lie that I'm rejected. Um, I reject it. <laughs> Funny, same word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I renounce it. Like, I refuse to let it have a way in, in my heart and sending the lie to Jesus. And then just inviting the Holy Spirit in and saying, you know, come and bring healing to that place and your, bring your light and your, your love and show me how you see me. Like, mm. show me right now in this moment what is true um, and then he always does, you know, sometimes it might, I might have like a vision or a picture or a scripture or like maybe even a song lyric that, um, speaks to what is true, mm -hmm. you know, based on the word about how he sees me. And, and so you can just cling to that because it feels like such a personal, um, it just feels like it's straight from him. And so it yeah. makes you want to believe it even more because it's so like close with him, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like that space, that secret place type stuff yeah. in between you and him. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I don't know if that makes sense, but it that's does. kind of like the process of, for me, as far as learning how to really walk free of, of those lies that can yeah. take you somewhere you don't want to go, basically. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and so once I started really <clears throat> watching you live in that place daily, like where you're able to... Um, again, I know you said we have seasons where we can just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it gets low. I'm like, help. Yeah, totally. You're like, you know, getting a sonic blast. <laughs> oh, trust me. There have been many ocean waters, sonic ocean waters. Just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but once I started watching you live like that, that's what I was talking about a while ago with like the singing, the best singing lessons ever, because I will never forget being over on the, just over on the side of this auditorium we were in it was super dark in there it was just like a, a night of worship type thing that you were leading at I wasn't leading that particular night or maybe I had already led earlier or something but I just remember I wasn't you know I was watching you lead the room and I was bawling and I was like yelling and like just <laughs> you know no one can hear me because there's like thousands of people in the oh, room. Oh I bet you were so cute over there. But I was just so proud of you. It felt like I, I was like having this like mother moment. But I it, I remember thinking first of all like the Lord just brought that Philippians 2 you know where Paul says complete my joy by being like-minded. And you know it's, he's talking about basically taking on the the, the form of a servant, how Jesus was, but he goes into kind of like looking into the interests of others and, um, you know, just being able to raise other people up and, 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 you know, considering others more highly than you do yourself. And mm -hmm. again, like I said, I was, Lord was teaching me all that kind of when I first met you. And then when I was just going like, oh, I'm supposed to like kind of be a part of multiplication. Like I'm supposed to like help raise women up, especially mm -hmm. in my particular field and yeah. you know everyone listening you have a particular field or a place that you know that you kind of love doing this one particular thing that you can raise other people up in that and so once I got a, to a little taste of it and to see you lead that night I was I when I heard those words complete my joy I was like oh this is what Paul meant yeah. like literally I was feeling that joy mm -hmm. that's literally like from nothing else that I've ever experienced other than mm -hmm. like being proud of my own kids mm -hmm. but I was watching like you lead that room from a place of freedom that I had never seen because you were like for a lot of years scared to even get up and sing a solo oh man I mean 100 <laughs> percent. I'd be hiding in a corner with a blanket over me if it wasn't yes. for like Jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so I watched that transformation and I was like mm -hmm. who is this like you were literally like there was like a whole other stratosphere in your voice that I had never even heard. Mm -hmm. I'd always heard you sing real nice. soft, but I'm telling you, even on these heart songs you're kind of hearing 
yeah. her pretty like these are her like singer songwriter things but if you guys could see her lead worship <laughs> it's like this whole other like Whitney Houston comes out. <laughs> oh man, to even mention Which of your name. mom's listening right now? She's like, <laughs> she's happy about she's, that. She's crying now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's been the sweetest thing to watch you. And then, like I said a while ago, like, you know, Nathan and I and other friends, I'm not going to take all the credit. <laughs> Definitely, like, even my family, um, Kristen and Eric, have walked, Amaryllis Kristen, that I talk about all the time, mm-hmm. have walked closely with you and, um, Countless other yeah. friends have like just come around you in this season to go like, "Hey, you should do a Kickstarter. You should do an album. Yeah, um, it's time." Mm-hmm. Like, talk a little bit about that. Kind of taking that step was huge for you. Oh, it was so huge. And I, <laughs> you know, I think I don't. I mean, everybody's different, and God works in different ways. But I, it was almost like I needed a handful. I don't know. Like, I don't know if everybody's this way. I needed a handful of people in my life who could like genuinely look me in the eyes and be like we see this in you like you you like we are giving you our blessing like this is a good thing you know because I remember Eric your brother he used to tell me when I would you know toy around with I kind of want to do a record like I want to write songs and stuff but I'm kind of scared you know all that stuff and I remember he'd always be like you have to be convinced like you're the one that has to be convinced that like I have to do this, you know, and I got to the point, again, Lauren, you know, Lauren Tomlin, other people having these conversations where slowly the fog was, like, clearing, and I saw straight, and I was like, okay, like, at this point, I do believe that it would be disobedience for me if I didn't Mm -hmm. walk in this direction, because it was like God was just making it clear, I've given you everything you need, like, follow your heart here, you know, follow this desire and this dream, and so... I mean, it's just, timing is just so important, you know, Mm. like, and I just think the timing was finally right. Everything was in place as far as, um, I don't know, just everything in my life. The the money came in, praise God. Thank you, people. Thank you, people of Kickstarter, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, And the songs came, and I don't know. It was just like everything seemed to work. It didn't seem like it was forced, um, I don't know if I'm answering the question. Yes, you but, are. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I love is to, like, some of these songs you've had since, like, one of them for sure, like, since I've known you, yeah. really. Yeah. Like, and I love yeah. how that's usually what happens, too, is on an album that, you know, there's the old and the new, and they, like, they morph together somehow, mm-hmm. which is so the Lord. Yeah. He does make all things new, but also, like, things that He planted in us long ago become a part of that newness it's crazy so it's not really the old and the new but it kind of is mm-hmm. it's like he he just brings those things even like i talk about things you know uh themes threaded through and things that he's planted in us long ago and how like mm-hmm. he'll bring that into all the newness and so mm-hmm. I, that's what i feel like this record is it's yeah. like this, you know some pieces along the way that you kind of had back then and you kind of yeah. saved or you put aside and and then it's like, you know, we finished a couple of songs together, which yes. is like such a like, sweet thing. Literally, one of them, we sat by my piano. With the other one, I was cooking dinner. Yeah. Do you remember pesto, I was making pesto surprise. chicken pesto <laughs> pasta? Yeah. And we finished a lyric together. A glorious awesome. in the mundane. Right mm. there. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, and that so, was so fun. I felt like, too, because we were doing it in that setting, yeah. It, it happened really fast. It did. Thank God. It's the glorious of the day, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I was like, I, I literally left after we finished it 10 minutes later and went and sang the final vocal on it. <laughs> Amazing. And which one was the that we do with the pesto? That was a beautiful way. Beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, we kind of were around the piano. That was turning around. Turning around. And yeah. I want to play this song yes. um, as we Thank end you. our time. But, like, I think this will kind of also just, um, this is so much about your journey, mm-hmm. this whole song, it really, you know, really and it, it's one, it's, a, it's, I, you know, fought for this song because I got to hear all of the songs before you kind of chose and whittled mm-hmm. them down to the 10, is there yep. 10 on there? Mm-hmm. And this was kind of one of the more, there's always these songs on like a singer-songwriter album where it's just, you know, it's just a little bit on the quirkier side, but it's not mm-hmm. quirky at the same time. And you're going to hear it and you're like, you're going to be like, Christy, that's not quirky at all. But in our world so of quirky. like, of writing songs for the church to sing, it may not sure. just be that one you're going to lead on a Sunday morning. Totally. Um, I feel like I don't write, 
I feel like at this point a lot of my songs are like that. And but that's great. Hey, there's a place know. there's a place for them, especially yeah. on my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll make a space. But um Turn it around, I feel like um, it was hard for me to choose because I actually wanted to play all of them for everybody. <laughs> um, but you're going to be on our Christmas tour, which yes. I'm excited for you to get to play a few of them on mm -hmm. that tour, as, as well as sing with us and stuff. But like, um, I would love for you to just talk about Turn It Around because I feel like it's the story I've, I've seen. And honestly, you know that I connect with it a ton because it's happened yeah. in my own life of yeah. basically um, letting go of something that I was holding on to just in case. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, I've talked about idolatry on this podcast. It's not a popular subject at all. Mm -hmm. I've talked about, you know, holding on to something sort of for dear life, but but it's in that letting go and it's in taking Jesus' hand, you know, that I've really, um, like even how you say, it's better than it ever was before. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to ruin what the song's about, but just tell us um, about turning around. Yeah, well, when I wanted to do this album, I, I mean, you know, I was like, I'm like, this is my dream come true because I'm getting to combine music and singing with like all this deep um, freedom that I have found in, in Jesus. And yes. I'm like, I get to combine all those and offer it to people as a way, hopefully, for them to say, I think this Jesus thing is real and I want to open up my heart to and experience this life. You know, and so with that, I'm like 10 songs. I'm like, I really want to include a song about repentance. You know, yeah. not that that's something that people really want to talk about because I know in my upbringing, I, I just kind of thought, repent and you shall be saved. You know, like that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And, totally. Which that, that's true. I mean, that's that's yeah. what the Bible says. And But I, I had learned in my own story as I've been working things out the last few years. Um, that it's you can't walk into the new until you let go of the old, basically. And I think a, a lot of times I'll want to uh, carry like a victim mentality. I'm like, well, they did this to me and it made me do this. Or I'm acting this way because of my story. And that is all true. And you have to work through all that and address it and forgive and all that kind of stuff. But you also have to own your part in it, you know. And so um, I... I can't remember. I think I started that song in February this year, and you helped me finish it. You helped me with, like, the bridge and all that. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to talk about, basically, sin and the invitation from Jesus. It's His loving kindness that leads us to repentance. So yeah. I have this tendency to want to do things on my own. I want to be in control because I'm like, God, I don't know if I can trust you with that. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And I'm going to do this, this, and this to make sure I get what I want or to make me feel safe. And But with that, I, I began to see, and because of His kindness, it led me to this place to be like, oh, you love me so much that you're showing me that I have to be, I have to choose to turn from that and to walk towards you. Yes. You know, and it's not just like a once a month deal. It's like, all throughout the day, every day, like little moments, like I was talking about, about being aware of my thoughts and being like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. God, I'm so sorry. Like, forgive me. Like, I want to turn to you right now. I don't want to act um, act in a certain way because of um, these lies that I believe. So I want to turn to you and walk into fullness in life, which I can't do that if I'm not willing to let go of my old self if that makes sense yeah absolutely before we push record I asked you about um the home that God is to you I kind of said you know our theme's been and you've been listening along a little bit with yes. the podcast but like yeah. the theme has been there's no place like home and when I was thinking mm -hmm. about this episode I told you that I think I want to call it a heart towards home because I've watched you really walk towards Jesus mm -hmm. um against you know maybe what you even wanted to do in some seasons of your life, yeah. but I've watched you really walk towards him and walk towards home. And you, you kind of, and we just bantered a second. And I thought, I wish I would have pushed record, but <laughs> um, how has God been a home for you? So since I was 18, I have, I feel like I've moved a lot and kind of gone um, through different like seasons of life. And so in a lot of ways, I've kind of felt homeless, especially in the last few years. It's been kind of 
hard for me because I'm like, what is my home? Like, do I want to live here? You know, thinking about like the actual circumstances that I'm in. But even deeper than that, like I know that heaven is my home and I, I want to experience heaven on earth. You know, Jesus, he said he came to give us life to the full and abundant life. And so I want that. So I want to follow Jesus into that. And I, and I want to bring that, the kingdom, um, to the people in my life, yeah. you know. So I just, I don't want to miss out on what he's offering. So therefore, I want to have a heart that is willing to follow him yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's like, it's a sense of eternity, honestly. Yeah. You walking towards him means you're walking towards something that is eternal. And I love that. That's what I feel like this whole podcast is, is just Mm -hmm. that the the glorious things of who he is and his kingdom being played out in very ordinary Mm -hmm. places, whether that's a mom at home in front of the kitchen sink washing sippy cups, or if it's, you know, us at a cubicle at work with our coworkers and being able to have that sense of home and eternity. And we talk about the home God is for us, but also the home he's building in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see him building that mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I want to leave with this song going back to turning around and just let it sort of let you sing over people and let the Spirit of God use this song as a way of really um, teaching our hearts to walk towards him and teaching us to give him our whole hearts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and as I say he can do so much with a heart that's surrendered to him mm-hmm. and I always say you kind of better watch out if you've surrendered your heart to God you're going to go on a journey yeah for sure and it's been awesome to get to watch your journey unfold and there's even more yeah it's going to be neat to see I know I'm glad you're going to be a part of it well thank you so much for just being in my life and being here today and just getting to speak into so many women I know they're gonna love it Mm, so thank thank you you. I love you friends I love you bye bye Can make a way apart from you that I'd get by living on my own. I'd go to lanes to protect myself from being hurt, to fill the void here in my soul. But oh, 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 after years of missing out, oh, oh, on the freedom. leads me here and now I'm turning around and I'm okay walking away from what I used to run to it's a new day and not the same but better than it ever was before cause I'm turning here in the choice I make it's death and life help me out help my heart to see that oh 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 after years of missing out oh on the freedom that you bought for me oh 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 your kindness leads me
okay walking away from what I used to run to. It's a Kindness leads me here.